covering the teams you care about. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Looking forward to talking a little NFL in the next segment, Mo. It's going to be a lot of fun as we talk about the AFC's number one seed, Tennessee Titans. Come on. Didn't quite expect to uh, to see that two months ago. Heck, I didn't expect to see it a month ago after that loss to the Texans, but didn't matter because all of the things, all of the, the all of the things that could go right for Tennessee went right. The loss to the Steelers put them in a position to win and knock out the Colts from the playoffs. So (laughs) Mike Vrabel out here playing 4D chess while we're all playing tiddlywinks. Right. (laughs) I mean, come on. And then, of course, the Titans defeating the Texans to claim the number one seed after the Chiefs get beat last week. So, man, what a phenomenal Phenomenal weekend it was to be a Tennessee Titans fan. And we're going to talk to the GOAT. Teresa Walker joins us now on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. And Teresa, thanks for hanging out with us. What's going on? Well, uh, just getting a little bit of a quick stretch of the legs in. It's, it's amazing how busy it can be this time of year, even when it's a bye week for the Titans. Uh, we had some access with the coordinators on Zoom for over the last hour. and. And I'm covering Kentucky, Tennessee tonight. Excuse me, Kentucky Vanderbilt tonight. So it's just it's one of those busy, busy days. Don't make that mistake. <laughs> oh yeah, don't make it in the story. Don't worry. Yeah, trust me. Once I climb to the crow's nest, I'll know exactly where I'm at. Trust me. Is that where they're putting the media now? Again. Last year and this year, and uh, the crazy thing is, tickets are being sold to this game yet. Students are not being allowed to come. Now, Now they push back the start of this semester. Vandy is, you know, the students won't be starting the fall semester, well, excuse me, winter semester. Can you tell my clock's a little messed up? Um, until Monday, January 17th. And uh, Jerry Stackhouse said yesterday he, he feels the students' pains. He, you know, they he's gotten some emails and, you know, understands. But, you know, he pointed out Vanderbilt's going to listen to the experts. And, you know, Vanderbilt's main goal here is to keep their students healthy and, you know, I know that a lot of folks don't quite understand it, but uh, you know, hey, they from the very beginning of this pandemic, they've been very clear they're not gonna they're gonna listen to their doctors, and they got a bunch of them over there at that university. <laughs> they do have a few, a couple here and there. A couple, yeah. It's um, it's a tough situation, and there's not a whole lot of grace being shown and, and it's tough. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in the, in the position of having to make some of the decisions that those people are having to make, but regardless, um, what other than the obvious, what does Tennessee get out of this bye week The rest and recovery is the biggest thing. And, you know, that's the thing. You get an extra week for, for Derrick Henry. 
you know, yesterday was the tenth week or start. It was the tenth week since Derrick Henry was put on IR. Well, ten weeks ago today, he had surgery on that right foot. So you get another next week. It'll be eleven weeks, right? Uh, or wait a minute. Yeah, I think that's my math. Yeah, ten weeks. Uh, so it's and then eleven next week. So any week that's further away from the surgery and getting him more time on the practice fields to to cut on that foot. Mike Rabel said they want to see him cut and, and do some of the other things that he would need to do uh, to play. Now, we're all expecting him to be activated and added to the roster and available next weekend in the divisional round. This week helps them do that. I mean, shoot, you saw Monty Hooker, Elijah Molden, Christian Fulton all left that game and then came back with injuries. So that gives them a chance to heal up. And, guys, the one number that is just kind of astounding the Tennessee Titans under Mike Vrabel are 8-0 and when they're coming off a bye or an extended break, saying having played a Thursday night game. Tied with Pittsburgh for the best mark in the four, last four years, Mike Vrabel's tenure. So they get time to not only recover, that coaching staff is breaking down the you know potential opponents they could see, right? They didn't play Cincinnati this year. They didn't play the Raiders this year. And they're pretty familiar with the other the rest of the field. But, uh, you know, they can go and look at what they've done. They can self-scout and try to clean up some things. I mean, we know the common thread through all their losses, right? Turnovers. Well, and they can also look at schemes and do some self-scouting and, and kind of maybe, you know, first and third periods have been an issue this year. Uh, so they can work at trying to start those quarters better and, and see if they can maybe tweak here and there. And that's probably the biggest value the self-scouting that they get out of this. It's a big deal. A lot of folks don't understand how important, you know, it is to fix yourself first instead of worrying about what your other team is going to do. So that extra week to, to do that, to get, you know, get some timing down with your receivers again, maybe, you know, make some scheme adjustments because the, the, the inside linebacker room right now is a little full. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do if you are the Titans this week that nobody else is getting a chance to do, and that is a massive, massive deal. And like you said, the Titans are 8-0 with coming off of extra rest, and they only have to win one of the next three games on normal rest to be Super Bowl champs. So, boy, that's something. Speaking of that timing – how important was it, did, did you think it was, to see both Julio and A.J. on the field at the same time? It really felt like that was a matchup issue all day long for the Texans. Oh, it was crucial. And think about this. Whoever they do play next week now has to you – know, you can't just say, oh, Julio's – no, he's not had a good year. No, that performance makes opponents have to spend time preparing for Julio Jones. And, you know, we've talked a lot about – is he a bust? Was that trade just, you know, a bad move? And, you know, if he can play like that, and I think he actually had a team-high nine targets on Saturday. I mean, excuse me, Sunday. Jeez, my, <laughs> I have to look at my phone to know what day it is, okay? Um, we understand. Time of year, but, uh, but, you know, that was the best performance, guys, in the same game by Julio Jones and A.J. Brown since the Buffalo game, okay? And, you know, after that, you know, he started dealing more with the hamstring and, it just, you know, they have not been on sync in the same game very, very often. And, you know, so to, to be able to see that and see both of them work in the field, uh, if I'm the Titans, I'm ecstatic. And, you, and again, you get more time for those two 
to work on their chemistry. Todd Downing told us today that, you know, they hit on some things that, you know, they've been trying to do and they got to do that with Julio Jones on Sunday. So, yeah, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill talked about how, you know, their chemistry is improving. And I definitely, if I'm a Titans fan, I'm, I'm happy to hear that because now is when you want to see that chemistry pay off and be in fine tune. And you're starting to see a little bit more of um, Anthony Ferks or kind of like we expected to see at the outset of this season. Um, he scored his only two touchdowns in their last two games. I mean, this pass-catching core has suddenly, you know, it's almost a strength, I would think, between A.J. and Julio and the constant improvement of Westbrook Akina in that third spot. Um, we're go- you, you'd like to think that you're going to see this op- offense perform at the level that you had anticipated from from the start. Oh, absolutely, Mo. I mean, that's the thing. And, and Downing said, Berkster has been working really hard. You know, he, he, he started the season off dealing with an injury. And, you know, it's kind of tough to get fully healthy during the regular season. But the bye on December 5th, the Thursday night game against the Niners, Christmas weekend, and now they get this week as well. That doesn't, you know, that's going to help him as well. And, and Nick Westbrook-Akina, I mean, for a guy who went undrafted, uh, you know, like this is his second year in the NFL, undrafted out of Indiana, talk about a find by John Robinson and his, his scouting staff because, you know, that catch that he made, you know, the, I'm not talking about the 37-yarder where Ryan Tannehill eluded the sack. I'm talking about the one where they needed some offensive, you know, production early in that game, and he went up in a, in a crowd and got one down the middle for a huge first down for them. So, you know, he just keeps making some clutch catches. I mean, the, the way he went up for that ball, I, at first I thought it was A.J. Brown, okay? Um, so it's like he has just been a huge find, and, and Chester Rogers as well. So, you know, th- right now <laughs> they've got so many of their tools that, you know, you look at them and it's like, uh, you know, remember a few weeks ago when they were scraping and your starter, you know, Cody Hollister was promoted off the practice squad to start at wide receiver, and now they've got options. And when you've got options, that's going to give the offense a chance to be more productive. This offense specifically, Teresa, you know, it, it's it's healthy at the right time. The offensive line uh, looked really good at times on Sunday. I thought, you know, everybody played well, obviously, in the second half everybody kind of got a little lax. So is that something that you expect to see uh, this coaching staff address this week or, or, or will the, oh, the players yeah. self-police that? Well, I, I think they might police self-police that as well, but uh, trust me, I, I think Mike Brable's been busy making the notes. Uh, in fact, when he talked to us yesterday, he kind of pointed out, you know, he, he knows, you know, this guy, three Super Bowl rings. He understands the difference between regular season and postseason. You know, he talked about how, you know, the mistakes that they made in Pittsburgh, you know, with the turnovers, blowing the lead, losing that game, that's, you know, those are the kind of mistakes that are amplified in the postseason and can get you beat in a single elimination event. You know, on Sunday, he was talking about being in the Elite Eight and advancing to the divisional round and, and being one round closer. Well, yesterday it was, you know, single elimination. And in Titan fans, trust me, uh, who doesn't remember Algie Crumpler's fumble, okay? Uh, the block. <laughs> A field goal by Aldo Greco 
in another divisional game. So it's like <laughs> those mistakes, you remember them because those are the Music City Miracle, on the other hand, you know, plays that can, you know, maybe just get lost in the shuffle of a regular season when it's one and done at this point of the year are just simply, you know, they're magnified. So he's sending that message, and I <laughs> I think it's going to be coming through loud and clear through that building. It's, you know, <laughs> I think this team understands that the problem that, that we've seen a lot this year is the playing to competition. I mean, you don't lose to the Jets and Texans. I mean, obviously with – all of the injuries and that sort of thing. But there's just a lot of times that this team has played to its competition and, and perhaps that bodes well for the Titans in the playoffs because, well, the competition is really good. So I'm looking forward to it. Who, who presents the best matchup for the Titans in that divisional round? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, if I'm looking at any of them, I mean, maybe it's the Patriots because guys, if not for the four turnovers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing that cost them. They ran for 270 yards on the road. Uh, and the fact that they would be here, uh, I, I am curious to see how fans turn out. I mean, you know, last year the, there were limits on the attendance. And, you know, the, ever since they reached the AFC Championship game two years ago, you know, the you know, pandemic has been at rule and they haven't been able to really, you know, sh- you know tap into maybe the – the fan success that their success on the field should be bringing them. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're asking, they're hoping for a packed stadium next weekend and you would, I, you know, they've earned it. I mean, three straight playoff seasons, six straight winning seasons, the number one seed. So, you know, I, if they have a packed crowd, I look at this field. The, the one that I'm curious about is Cincinnati. Uh, I think that might be maybe the worst one just because of the way Joe Burrow is throwing the ball all over the field. Um, but I look at the field and nobody bothers me. I mean, when the Tennessee Titans are playing offense and defense and, and, and doing this and not turning the ball over, they can run on Kansas City. They beat Kansas City this year, dominated them, okay, on October 24th, uh, just days after having beaten the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, yes, I know, everybody can say that, Josh Allen's foot slipped, but uh, the defense is playing a lot better since then. Uh, I'll just say this: uh, I don't, I don't think the Titans are going to be worried about anybody. They're going to do their work and be ready, and we'll see what happens. Mo, you got anything for Teresa? I, I think live with Teresa as we are. Under the two-minute gun, we're under the thirty-second gun here. <laughs> it but, appears. Um, yeah. So, so no, I'm I'm good. It, Teresa, I'll talk to Teresa offline. <laughs> there you go. We appreciate it as always. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. When we come back, it's Top Five Tuesday. We'll give you our top five bowl games from the 2021-22 bowl season. On the other side of the break, stick around. <laughs> 